Hello, this is Martin McKay from the Network Security Podcast. And this is Chris John Riley from the Eurotrash Security Podcast. You're listening to the official podcast for the 26th Annual FIRST Conference, the 22nd through the 27th of June 2014 in Boston, Massachusetts. And now we join our interviewing program. So I'm here with Martin at the FIRST Conference in Boston. It's been a wonderful day, a couple of days so far. We're sitting down to chat with Holly Stewart from Microsoft's MMPC. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So maybe just to to kick things off, for people who aren't familiar with what Microsoft's MMPC is, can you explain? Sure. So MMPC stands for the Microsoft Malware Protection Center. Um, And our group creates software products to help protect consumer and enterprise customers from malware. We create Microsoft Security Essentials, which is our free consumer product. We also have corporate managed versions of those products. We also are the people behind Windows Defender, which is the anti-malware product that is uh, embedded into the Windows 8 operating system. We are also behind the malicious software removal tool, which gets downloaded every month along with Windows and Microsoft updates. That's sort of the product side of what we do. We also do a lot of information sharing with security partners and other partners in the industry to monitor the ecosystem and try and help keep all of Microsoft customers safe and protected. Now, you're here at the conference um, talking a little bit about the Coordinated Malware Eradication Program, which is something I've, I've read a couple of blog posts on the, the Microsoft site. So this is a, a program that you've been developing over the last six months to a year. Can you tell us a little bit about what that project is and, and how that's going to impact malware and how we go after people who are spreading malware? Yes. So uh, this project just started this year and we have been doing a a lot of sharing with traditional security partners for many years. But what we have realized is that to really go after the bad guys, to really take out the people who are creating malware, we have to go a lot broader than that. And so that's how coordinated malware eradication came into being. We We want to look at all of the parts of the malware distribution chain and work with all of the potential partners that might be involved in that chain to look at the distribution model of that malware, look at how that malware monetizes, and then work with the partners that can help us eradicate those pieces in the kill chain to take out the the malware itself. Well, now, going after some of the malware portions is not something really new for Microsoft. You've done some of the legal actions, again, to go after the command and control structure. What's really different about what you're going to be doing now from what you've done in the past? That's a good point. So the DCU has been doing takedowns for many years, um, but this initiative is really hosted from the Microsoft Malware Protection Center, and it intends to be a broader effort. Um, we're working in concert with DCU. So they will continue to help us with the legal action and sinkholing some of the other technical aspects of that. But when you look at the way malware monetizes, for example, you may not need a legal action to work with the people who are being essentially victimized in the monetization chain. You you might be able to work with those victim companies and essentially squeeze that malware family out of business simply by reversing the the way that it has monetized. So um, you don't necessarily have to do a technical takedown action to to squeeze a family out of existence. This is more of a a focus 
less on the, the technical aspects necessarily of, of what malware is doing and more the functions around malware, whether or not how it's transferring money, how it's monetizing itself. How do you think that's gonna gonna stop malware writers from from continuing and just finding other ways of transferring their money or other ways of, of earning money from these malware platforms? So there's there's absolutely um malware authors are going to change their techniques. That's certainly going to happen. But one of the things that we want to monitor is not just the effectiveness for a particular family, but also the ecosystem. Because if we just push down, you know, one malware family and another pops up, then we're not really effective. Um, so that part of what we want to monitor is other families that are doing the same behavior, maybe monetizing in the same way. And what effect does an eradication campaign against one family have against the others? And maybe what we learn is that to be effective, we have to go after multiple families at the same time that are using the same monetization or get those other, those secondary partners that we think that the malware might go after, um, involved early in the game so that, you know, say we, we work with partner A and we suspect that the malware authors will go after partner B, get them prepared to take action against that family in the same way that we work with partner A so that we can more quickly squash their secondary effort in trying to evade the technique that we just shut down. So what's been the most surprising thing you've found in your efforts so far? What is, has kind of taken you aback when you've looked at it and gone, I never thought that would happen? I think one of the most interesting things we've learned is that the victim companies are very motivated to work with us. Initially, we reached out to our anti-malware partners, our security partners, and they're absolutely interested in working with us. And they want to help supply expertise to study these families and find their weaknesses. But the victim companies themselves have a lot of expertise and a lot of motivation to take these guys out. And so it's been a very refreshing exercise to go visit with some of them, talk about the families that are affecting them and come up with a plan. So with this with this program, are you putting the emphasis on on customers, um, partners coming to you and saying, we need help with this, this piece of malware? Or are you just going to be providing them with with functions, support, and the ability for them themselves to do to do the hard work? So it, we do want to have a, a self-service model because we know that we don't want to be the ones leading all of these campaigns. We can't scale that way. We have a lot of data. We have a lot of expertise. We're building a platform to be able to share this information with multiple partners. But we certainly need those partners who are motivated to take out malware families to lead the campaigns, use our data, use our expertise, use everything that they can leverage from us and run that campaign through. Um, one Another surprising thing that, that I learned from a lot of the response community, people that are actually actively working campaigns today, although it's not publicly through this type of program, what they tell me is that what they don't always have is sort of a template to follow. So they don't have sort of steps lined up and sometimes they get stuck and they don't know how to take it to the next level, or they don't know when to quit or to give up on a particular family and move on to something that's a little more lucrative. And they're also not doing lessons learned. So you may have multiple groups that are running campaigns, but unless they present at a conference like this, you may not ever hear what they have learned from starting that campaign, finishing that campaign, or maybe where they got stuck. So that's another part that we want to build into this process so that there's this continual learning and that's feeding back into all the people that participate so that they can do better the next time they run a campaign. 
Now, this is not the only thing that you're talking about. Microsoft also has an announcement that they're coming out with at, at first this week. What is that? That's right. So that's called Microsoft Interflow, and that will be essentially a transport mechanism that we use to share a lot of this data. It incorporates sticks and taxi, a lot of industry standards to make it really simple for people to plug and play information and monitor what's going on. And so for people who don't know what sticks and taxi is, it's pretty much a way of standardizing the information about incidents and about responses. So you'll be interoperating between both of those and providing more information back to people who are partnering with you? That's right. So not everything will fit into those standard formats, and there's probably going to be reports and other types of data that maybe we want to enhance the standards to fit, or maybe you know we do one-off data exchanges for that particular information type. But certainly the things that we can fit into the standard format, we want to push through in that way. And for, for companies and, and people who are looking to become involved in this, people who are interested in using these resources and partnering with you, what's the, the criteria? Is it any, any company can just come forward and say, we'd really like this information, we'd really like help? Or do they have to be a member of, of FIRST? Do they have to be a CERT team? Do they have to be a large multinational? So what's the, the entry level? We do have a vetting process because we want people to we want people within this network to be able to trust one another. So to start with a CME campaign, you would first come into our VIA program, which is our information sharing program. And there's a, there's a couple different types of criteria. So do you, are you an active contributor to the security community? Do you have a vested interest? You know, what, what are your intentions in working with this program? How do you see yourself using our data? And so there's a couple of different vetting questions that we go through. If you've got a, an internal Microsoft sponsor or someone else in the community who's willing to sponsor you, those are other things that we take into consideration. So it's a multitude of things. And so is this going to be populated primarily with Microsoft data? Are you going to be pulling data from other partners? Are, is there going to be a way for me, if I, if I have data, to feed that back into the whole process? And do I have any control over who would have access to that data? Absolutely on all three questions. So we're going to share our data. If we have external partners that want to share data with the community, we are very happy to help facilitate that and collect everything in a standard format so that it's really easy to collate that data together if it's all in the same format. And then when you share data through, and this is actually something that the Interflow product will help deal with is you will be able to say, you'll be able to apply different levels. So, you know, traffic light protocol levels to that data and be able to say who it's okay to share that data with. So Holly, um, in wrapping this up, what is one thing you would really like to get out there? What would you like the community to know about the efforts that you and Microsoft are, are making right now? So I would love to, I hope that I get lots of people who come up to me after the talk to say they want to get engaged and how they want to get engaged and how they can help us fight this fight, whether it's a CERT who is able to take action on things that are happening within their ecosystem, or maybe a CERT who simply wants to monitor the, the health, like the Cyber Green initiative, where they're really focusing on monitoring the health of a particular ecosystem. I'm really here to evangelize the program and get as many people to to come up and sign up and get engaged with us and help help join the fight, really. So we've been talking to Holly Stewart from Microsoft. Thank you for taking a few minutes out of your day. Thanks for your time.
This is Chris John Riley from the Eurotrash Security Podcast. And this is Martin McKay from the Network Security Podcast. You've been listening to the official first podcast for the 26th Annual First Conference, June 22nd to the June 27th in Boston, Massachusetts. You can find out more at www.first.org. Thank you and goodbye, folks. Thank you. Thank you.